And so there was just so much to think about. And, um, you know, we were plugging along. We had two new employees start that week. You know, right away, you have to think about not only your employees and your patrons and your business, and it's, it's a hard time to be thinking about your business, but it's a reality. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers. This podcast is for you if you see business as a tool for making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, I'll be your host, and one of my biggest passions is learning from businesses who are growing without losing their authenticity. On season two, we're learning about how to thrive in times of crisis, as we learn from businesses who have been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. Uh, This is a fun conversation because... Uh, We are sitting down with Christy Weigman, sitting down virtually, of course, in the time of self-isolation and quarantine. And uh, I've known Christy for a while, but I just recently found out that she owns one of my favorite bars in town. So this is going to be a fun conversation learning about that story. And if you're new to this series or to this podcast, my name is Seth Silvers. And for season two, we are diving into the stories of Um, how businesses are being impacted by the current coronavirus crisis um, in hopes that we can learn some lessons for future crises, hopefully of smaller proportions. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Christy Weigmans. Christy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's fun to, to be here and be a part of your storytelling. Oh, absolutely. Thanks. I'm really grateful. Um, yeah, grateful that you've gotten to listen to some of the other episodes, and I've always enjoyed getting to spend time with you over the last few years, although it's mostly when you were at the Chamber. So give us some context for um, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about the business that you own. Absolutely. Um, so I own Poor Brothers with my husband, Dave. We bought Poor Brothers last year, last February, so just over a year ago. And I was working at a nonprofit and I was working really hard. It was in hospice. And so it was a very all encompassing, heavy topic. And my husband's always wanted to own his own business and I always wasn't so sure, but I thought, gosh, if I'm going to work this hard, maybe I should be working for something for myself. And so I, I looked out at what was available and I thought, Hey, I think this is poor brothers, which is this, just great community oriented place. And uh, we started the conversation and that's kind of how it started. I never wanted or planned on being a bar owner. Um, Just kind of led me there. It's a, a beautiful place that was thoughtfully created and very much a part of the, the community, which is what drew me into it. And what made me thought that I could own a bar. How did you, how do you go about buying a bar? Like, cause I don't, they might've had like for sale signs, like you put in a house. I don't remember that. Um, and stuff. And I walk by poor brothers pretty regularly, but how did that, this process begin to unfold, especially since you weren't, it doesn't sound like you were like, had your eyes open looking for a business? You know, we didn't, um, you know, we really zoned in on this one 
so I, I looked online and it was listed through a broker and I learned really quickly. I thought like a house, they have a broker, you have a broker. So I thought I had to get a broker before we inquired or asked any questions, which took some time and research. And then I learned later in the business world, they don't really do that. <laughs> so, um, so live and learn. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how that, that came about. So no sign, but listed online. You just got in contact with the owners and figured out a deal that worked for you guys. You know, we, our broker kind of connected with their broker. And then, um, after a while we just ended up kind of connecting directly with the, the business owners and they were really, really awesome, great humans. So that was really lovely. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better transition people who were more caring of kind of handing off that torch and being really thoughtful and doing so. So we felt really honored to be a, a part of the poor brothers story and to continue that on. They had a lot of other businesses and so they just kind of moved the, their fire a little bit to some of their other businesses. So it was nice to be able to take that and kind of run with it. And they were happy to have someone else to, to be a little bit more focused on it than they were at the time. That's awesome. So four brothers is what, six years old? Yeah. So it opened in October of 2014. Okay. And did, when you went there for the first time sometime in, I don't know, maybe 2014 or 15 and sat down and got a beer and some tater tots because <laughs> four brothers has awesome. Well, do you guys still have awesome tater tots? We do. We have less than okay. we did, but we still have tots. Absolutely. Okay. Good tots. So you probably sat down for your first beer and tots at Poor Brothers. And uh, did you sit down and you were like, we're going to own this place one day? No, not at all. I think we sat down on a festival out on the patio and we did have beer and tater tots. Um, and I, I just enjoyed it. You know, like I said, I never intended to be a bar owner. That wasn't my goal. I had been a server, but that was back in 1997, which clearly qualifies you to own a bar. But what I was really passionate about is caring for people and finding a way to bring them together, helping them connect. And so like you, stories were a big passion of mine. My father was an amazing storyteller. And so stories and community are what I value most. And through Poor Brothers, I could bring those two together. And one of the things, you know, community night is something that Poor Brothers has always done from the start. And every Wednesday, they honor a different nonprofit. Today's a Wednesday. We're doing it virtually. So this is a, a, new, awesome. a new adventure um, for the coalition of um, food or watershed today. But so that was a big part of what really brought me in was that nonprofit aspect. I've worked for nonprofits in the past, the Chamber and Pathways and the Foundation on Aging. And so every Wednesday, they honor a different nonprofit profit and bring community together. And we pay our staff a little bit more in front of house to make up for the tips. And all the tips that we collect, we donate to that nonprofit. And every year that they've been open, they've donated about $20,000 to yeah. area nonprofits, which is really awesome. That's amazing. That's really so, neat. So, yeah. So Poor Brothers was this 
this place where I could bring kind of both of those passions together, stories and community and connection and ways to bring people together. Yeah. What are some other ways that you guys are really setting poor brothers apart? Fort Collins is a college town. So there's a lot of college students. There's, you know, the college bars and stuff. Like, how are you guys kind of put, making your footprint unique in this town? I'm sure the community night is part of it, but what are some other ways that you're trying to do more than just sell alcohol? Like really actually use it to make an impact? Yeah. You know, I think one of the big things is just always figuring out how to bring community and nonprofits into everything we do. You know, last year was the first time we had a, a Kentucky Derby party. Um, that was super fun. And, and we had to think about, gosh, the Derby, but how can we make this, you know, something that is more poor brothers. And so we thought about, you know, that year, neighbor to neighbor, they always had their polo party where everyone wore their hats and went mm -hmm. out for the polo match. And that year they didn't have it. And mm -hmm. so we connected with neighbor to neighbor and, you know, kind of had everybody who had all those hats waiting for that polo event. Maybe they could come out. And then we donated to neighbor to neighbor and did some fun events around that that kind of benefited them. So I think that's a big part. I mean, a lot of people do similar things, but I think we really try to live and breathe that. Right. Um, the classic cocktails are something that, you know, we've been working on kind of rotating our menu there and bringing in some really unique, great cocktails. And I have two awesome lead bartenders who've been helping me with that. Um, so that's one of the things that another thing that kind of sets us apart. The photo booth has always been super fun. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is, you know, this year we had a really great story where, a couple had come in and on one of their first dates, they had taken a photo in the photo booth and then they got married at the courthouse and they came over and took a photo in the photo booth. That was their wedding photo. That's amazing. And then they recently came in with their new baby and took a, oh my goodness. a couple photos with the baby. So, um, so that was really fun. A lot of unexpected things like that. Um, yeah. I think our first, first big party that we did after we bought it was for a rehearsal dinner and it was a couple who had, met there in trivia night and kind of felt like their, their dating was documented and then they wanted to do the rehearsal dinner there. So, you know, those are the things that, that get me and are really important and um, just make it such a special place. Yeah. I think people underestimate the value of just like having good experiences and pouring into people with business because there's the businesses that are, you know, giving, tons of money away or, you know, for every product you buy, we'll give one away where they're like clearly philanthropic. But then there's all these other businesses where it's like, okay, you're just doing business, but we forget that like you guys are pouring into employees and giving them a good place. You're pouring into the community. And I just think like we underestimate like the value and impact in a community of a business just doing things really, really well. Um, and so it's, it's awesome to hear some of those ways that you guys are giving back. So a couple of weeks ago, kind of a lot of things changed for you guys. Um, like let's fast forward to like the end, let's fast forward to before like things started shutting down. Were you guys starting to like get worried about this coronavirus thing that it might impact your business? Like what was, get me into like your mind before things got really, really intense. You know, 
Gosh, it was one of those things. There were so many things to worry about that you didn't know what to worry about. That Saturday before we shut down, I was there and I didn't know how busy it would be that night. I mean, obviously the weekends are our busiest Friday and Saturday night. And, you know, one of my employees walked in and he just had this look on his face and, uh, you know, he just started to have a panic attack. And so I think that was when I really started to, to be like, whoa, you know, right away, you have to think about not only your employees and your patrons and your business, and it's, it's a hard time to be thinking about your business, but it's a reality. And so there was just so much to think about. And, um, you know, we were plugging along. We had two new employees start that week. So I have two employees that only had one day on the books. One was working the night that we were got the news about the shutdown. So he's got a solid three hours in with us of training. Um, so we, have, we keep joking. We're like, this is going to be a great story about an awesome first day. How did you guys get the news? Um, so I think everybody was kind of wondering if it was going to be, um, if it was coming. And we turned on the TV and, and we're watching the press conference of Governor Polis. And so we heard him say it. And when we heard it, we just didn't know what to do then. We heard it, but now what? Because were you like, were, were you watching it at Poor Brothers? Yeah. So you're probably next to employees that are like, what does this mean? <laughs> so yeah, so we were training a new employee. I had one of my lead bartenders. We had someone sitting at the bar drinking a beer. And, and we didn't know what to do. And you know, one of the things that I did right away when I started this, I realized I needed a tribe. And, and so I pulled together um, some trusted other business owners that I know and value and appreciate. And so right away, I called one of them and, you know, a fellow bar owner, like, hey, <laughs> what does this mean? What do we do? And um, they were kind of waiting for something in writing. You know, we heard it, but what does it mean? And, and the biggest thing we were trying to figure out was, when does it take effect? What does this mean? Are we closed right now? Are we closed tomorrow? We didn't know and we couldn't find anything in writing anywhere. And so we did end up closing then. Um, and, in, and then we learned later it was enacted the next morning. So we probably could have been open that evening. Um, but yeah, it was a really weird space and time. You know, my cook came out and she was looking at me and, you know, we weren't sure exactly how to tidy it up and wrap it up for an indefinite amount of time. And so we just started doing our normal closing procedures. And I was kind of on the phone calling other business owners to see what they were up to, what they were doing. I probably called Jason over at Camp Copper Muse, um, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. How did you communicate with your team that night? So that was rough. We, um, you know, we have um, a group texting app that we all communicate with. And, and so, you know, some communication came out like, you know, we're closed, some of the staff members and one of my bartenders was writing, you know, Christy, what's happening? And so I, I was letting them know, hey, you guys, I'm trying to put the details. I'm looking to find out the time and, and find this out in writing and see what's happening. Um, so we were communicating, you know, in person with the people that were there and then via our, you know, group text app for, you know, the bartenders and the other staff that was supposed to come in later that evening. And um, I eventually called that bartender to talk to him and 
um, person. And then we brought everybody together. And once we knew that we were closing, um, we brought people together to, you know, all of our perishable items we wanted to give to all our staff and things like that. So, you know, I've been trying to keep communicating with them, keep that feeling of a, of a team. We are completely closed. So we didn't have a strong takeout or to-go model before this. And um, we haven't transitioned yet to that. We may, it depends a little this goes on. Now we're completely closed. We just have been, you know, really working with our staff and trying to keep communicating with them and keeping a sense of, of team and mm-hmm. connection. And so um, some businesses like let, you know, they furloughed or let everybody go and some tried to keep them on and stuff. How did you guys navigate what the right decision was with all of that? You know, it was another one of those things where everything was happening so fast. I wasn't even sure what was happening. We knew right away that we wanted to make sure that we let everybody know that, um, you know, there would be a, a space for them. And when we reopened, we, you know, planned to have them there and continue to be a part of the team. I didn't really know at that time that that meant furloughing the workers. Um, you know, I'd heard other people being laid off or what exactly that meant. Um, so it kind of just evolved. I wasn't quite sure how to phrase it or how to word right. it. That just kind of happened as we went. Um, but right away, we wanted to make sure that our staff um, could be filing for unemployment. So gathering information and resources mm-hmm. and figuring out what in the community could be helpful. Because for our staff, you know, we had single dads. We had people who both married couple is in the service industry. And almost everyone had a second job, but their second jobs were impacted. So we had people who worked for the theater companies, for the Lincoln Center, for other restaurants, but all the other industries that they relied on too were also shut down. So that was doubly hard because suddenly all these people who you're caring for, none of us know what the good, right next step is. So what are, like, what are, what are people doing? Like, how are people, how are some of these people and, you know, whether they're, they were employed for poor brothers or someone else, like there's so many people that are laid off right now. And I'm extremely fortunate that there's still work for me to do. Um, and it hasn't direct, I mean, it's directly impacted me in a sense of lost clients. Um, but there's a lot of people that like, they, they didn't get to keep half of their job or whatnot. So, how are people making it? You know, I think that was a really hard decision and, and something I didn't realize, you know, when we were trying to figure out, do we, do we try to keep going? Do we switch our models? Um, you know, and we had to pivot and try to figure that out. And at the time, right after the closure, I actually wasn't feeling really well. And so I wanted to isolate myself. And so it was a hard time when you're not feeling great, you need to be isolated. You have to figure out how to completely reinvent your business model And then you're worried about the staff. And so, you know, one of the things that we didn't want to do was to try and then our hours pay just keep dwindling because we didn't know what was ahead. And so that was also part of the the decision making. So we just worked with them to to apply for unemployment right away. like I said, most of them, their other jobs were gone. So, you know, some of them have gotten other jobs. 
I think some are, um, you know, we do have several people who had their own businesses they were working on. Um, a lot of them were maybe industry, industry related, but some mobile bartending and some bartending tools and bartending classes or some other things. And I think that they're, they're working on those. Um, but, you know, today I had to write a letter to someone's landlord to explain to them that we were closed and so that they knew that and um, believed that. So I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's doing different things. Most people are, are doing what they, they can. I know there's a lot of um, anxiety and a lot of fear. We're trying to stay positive and um, there's a lot of resources, which is amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, every day, you know, my team is communicating about different resources and you know, awesome. aid or, um, you know, we've got some bartending contests and um, we have someone doing, a, um, you know, some virtual things that we're kind of working and coordinating and connecting. And hmm. we've done some videos for some different contests that are helping out and things like that. So we're all yeah. just figuring it out together. But I mean, every day right. is a new adventure and it's, this is not something that I could have ever, I didn't have pandemic in my, you know, year and two week right. business plan. Yeah. So how, um, how are things, how things changed now for like you from a business perspective, even from the last time that I like recorded episodes for this series, like a ton has happened with the cares program and all of the like loans and all of this stuff. So like how has like, I'm sure that it's been a bit of a whirlwind um, for you guys of just trying to figure out what resources are out there. So um, what steps are you guys making to kind of weather this storm? I'm guessing you guys still have to pay rent and you guys still have expenses at this time. So like, how is all that working? We do. So we definitely still have expenses. And, and so you know, for us, like we said, I mean, everybody's kind of, I think, trying something different. You know, we, we completely closed and just really hunkered down. So we tried to pause every, uh, you know, account that we could and communicate with all of our vendors, every account that we had. So that was kind of step one was figuring that out. And then just, you know, looking for, gosh, what grants are there available in every day? I'm on webinars learning about the different programs and the different options. And every day we learn something new. I mean, today we were on a webinar and it was about the PPP program and they had just received a phone call as we were getting on the call and it had new information that was different about well, when can you enact it? You know, we're closed right now. So if you, you know, there's this kind of this idea of the money's going to run out. So you need to apply right away. But if you apply right away and get approved right away, your eight weeks of payroll starts now well, we're closed. We don't have, you know, the, that. So what do we do there? You know, there's kind of this idea of, of you have to ask, act fast, but if you do, then, you know, what happens next? So, you know, that was new news. They thought that they could, you know, defer those. If you were approved, you could um, then enact it once you started. I think that may change because a lot of people are trying to figure that out, how that works. Right. But I mean, every hour it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. So, um, the last few weeks have been, I mean, lots and lots has been changing a year into your business ownership. What are some things that you've learned through all of this? 
Gosh, so much. You know, it's interesting because I gave myself a year. I said, I'm going to really fully inundate myself for a year. I'm, I'm going to, you know, put all the time in, you know, I took less than five days out of 365 days off, just really trying to soak it in and learn it. And um, then right after that, this happened. So, you know, trying to shift that and transition, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like, you know, that was just, we were kind of coming into our own and saying, okay, you know, now we feel like we have a better, better handle on this. And, and then it kind of all got turned upside down. So every day is different and we're just trying to learn. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, with the staff, we're all disconnected right now and we're all doing our own thing. But in, in some ways I feel more connected because we've all experienced this together. We're all trying to support each other however we can. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we're doing that. And, and so it's uncharted waters, that's for sure. And, you know, it's, it's just hard right now. I think I didn't realize this part of it, you know, right away, the staff that I care so much about and, and how are we going to weather the storm? Yeah. If you knew that this was going to happen like nine months ago, would there be be anything that you would do differently that you would share? Gosh, that's a good question. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot that, that we did do well and that I think we're positioned well in this, this spot. Yeah. And that's the other side of it too, is what do you, what did you guys do that you felt like prepared you to maybe be able to weather this better than some other circumstances? You know, time will tell if just completely shutting down was the right call or not. Um, Right now, it, it, you know, it feels like it was in my heart of hearts, but I don't know, you know, and as we, we kind of come out of this and emerge and maybe I talk to other business owners and we'll see. Um, But, you know, knowing that I had a staff that was really, really concerned and, and, you know, their comfort level of continuing to work at this time wasn't there. And so we also needed to protect them and protect that. And um, so that's part of that. And part of the decisions that we made um, was, you know, connecting with them and how they felt about things. Um, But yeah, you know, I think that, you know, there's like the hindsight of, you know, we had, you know, dollars in certain places that are able to kind of move and shift, um, which is the blessing in this. but yeah, could there be more? Sure. <laughs> um, you know, suddenly you're looking at things and numbers in a different way. You know, what is the amount of expenses it takes to um, kind of run this with zero revenue? And, you know, that wasn't something that I had looked at nine months ago. Yeah, that's not the, that's not the dream to have a business that has zero revenue and lots of expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Not the plan. Not the plan. So, uh, what are you hopeful about moving forward? And, you know, I know timelines are still up in the air and stuff, but like when you guys get to come back together and you get to bring your staff back and stuff, like what are things that you're just really excited and hopeful about, um, for when this does pass? You know, it's funny cause when I'm in the space, um, I miss it. And I miss the people there because the people are the energy in that 
space. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, right away, right in the beginning, there was something that I read that I just haven't been able to get out of my head. And it was a quote. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or read it. And I don't know who Dave Hollis is, but he was on it. It was on social media, so I don't know where it came from. But it said, in the rush to return to normal, use this time to consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. And so that's just been really sticking with me, you know, thinking about that. I think what I'm most excited about, um, as hard has as hard as this has been, I think that it has helped to make poor brothers feel like ours and, you know, make that transition um, from theirs, the previous owners to ours, because there's been, you know, so much every day trying to figure out, trying to find a new solution. What are we working on? What are we shifting? And, you know, care for the staff, for the building and care for the place and care for the accounts. I mean, this isn't just happening to us. This is happening to every account that we touch, you know, the beer makers and the, um, you know, the craft breweries and the distillers, you know, the people who supply our straws and, you know, they're all hurting and affected too. So I think that, you know, what I'm excited about is, you know, there's just a new level of knowing this business from the inside out and caring about it and hope. Yeah. It's evident that you guys care about your team a lot and that team really is like the heart behind the business, which is awesome. Are there some things that you feel like you're uh, walking out with more grateful for or with like an increased gratitude kind of through this season? I do. You know, it's one of those things. Um, it's like any job or, or maybe even like being in a town, right? Like in the town that you grew up in, if you never left it, you might just feel stuck there versus if you left it and you choose to come back, that's different. And so I feel a little bit of that. You know, I, I do miss it. I mean, it's hard work. I mean, the, the restaurant industry is tough. I didn't know how hard this was. And there's so much work that, that goes into, goes into it and, and allowing people to have this space of enjoyment. And it's, it's hard. And so I think coming back into it, you just have a new appreciation for what it creates and what it brings, not only to our lives, but to other people's lives. And so I think, um, I think that just new eyes, new ways, new ways of looking at things. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, that's really good. So pandemic aside, what would your closing words of advice be to other business owners in their various world and their various businesses? Gosh, you know, the first thing that came to mind was just each other. And I think, you know, that's also been a blessing that here we have these businesses who, you know, we're also competing with each other, but in a time like this, that doesn't matter. You know, we're all here to help each other. And, you know, did you get that form? Is, is this open? Do you have this phone number? You know, I'm, I'm in owner groups texting people, you know, I can't get in on the town hall and someone else is texting me a phone number. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all trying to help each other out. And so, um, you know, 
like I, I kind of went back to that. I knew I'd need a tribe and the other business owners and the other um, people, you know, just holding on to those people and those relationships. And there's great value in there and a way to work together. Right. Yeah. It, it really would be almost impossible to make it through something like this if you didn't have people around you. Like if a business was just totally on its own and completely isolated, um, it would be so challenging. So thank you so much for sharing that wisdom and sharing your story with us. What's the best way? I know you guys aren't open right now or doing takeout and stuff, but where can people find out more about Poor Brothers? And for those that are local and listening, like where are you guys located? And sure. All that stuff? So we're in Old Town. So we're at 220 Linden Street. Um, we're right between the blind pig and what was the articulate. And, you know, right now, um, Sport About is doing an awesome thing. They made a bunch of t-shirts for a lot of local businesses that they're selling and creating. And then a portion of those profits go to the businesses. And you can pick, um, there's a lot of great ones out there, not just us, but the Mish and Rally King Brewery and Daddy Cakes. And so that's an awesome way to help and support. That's focostrong.com. And I think, you know, the other way is to just kind of hang tight, be patient. And when we reopen our doors, come celebrate with us. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that there's some, I hope there's some serious safe parties (laughs) uh, that happen like reopening parties and stuff and hopefully sooner than later. But Christy, thank you so much for taking time um, out of your schedule to share your story and to share with us. And uh, we hope the best for you in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And same to you, Seth. Thank you. Do you want to grow an online brand that is profitable and authentic? Do you know that you have a ton of great ideas for content that you want to create, but you need accountability and strategy? Do you want to grow online, but online marketing just seems overwhelming? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, then I want to personally invite you to join our private marketing community, successwithstories.com. Success with Stories is the premier community for purpose-driven businesses committed to growing online by marketing with stories. Inside of successwithstories.com, you will learn how to create online content that converts, how to build a connection with your audience that outlasts any crisis, and most importantly, you're going to learn how to grow your business in a way that feels authentic to you. Honestly, right now in 2020, things are a bit crazy and unpredictable for all businesses. And so we think it's really important to show you how you can build a crisis-proof online brand. Head to www.successwithstories.com to join Success With Stories. Don't wait another day. We'll see you inside of Success With Stories.